Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller for My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. Today, my special guest is Violet Tobacco. Violet is an illustrator based in Atlanta, Georgia. I had the pleasure to meet her at the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators Southern Breeze Conference. I actually met her in person, which is so cool. Violet studied theater in college, but gravitated towards other mediums of art before graduating. Always a storyteller with an affinity for whimsy, humor, and a well-delivered moral, Violet's clients include Scholastic, Simon & Schuster, Hatchet, and Disney Hyperion. Hi, Violet. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for having me. Well, it's so nice to connect with, um, you know, having done that in person, and then I was like, I looked at your work, but I just adored um, the storytelling and the book dummies that you presented. I was like, oh, I really should have her as a guest. I think I could learn a lot from her. Oh, I felt when I met you, I could learn a lot from you too. Uh, I didn't think I understood at the time uh, the illustration with paper, but it was really lovely what you do. Oh. Well, that that's so kind of you. And I, I wish those of you, because I only do this as a audio only, but Violet has in the background um, on a bookcase all the work that she's done. I'm just so amazed because, like, I read, of course, there's been other interviews of you, but I think it's such a good story, and everybody loves a good story. And so I wanted you to share with the audience about what inspired you to become um, the artist and illustrator you are today. Um, Like, I feel like many kids, we all draw when we're really young uh, because it's, like, really silly and effortless. Um, and as we get older, it just depends on whether we hang on to it. And I held on to it for a little while. But when I got into like high school, I got really into theater and I kind of just left uh, drawing, illustration, all of it in the dust. Did it occasionally, but was like not serious about it. Uh, went to college, studied theater. I realized I was like miserable and I chose the wrong uh, art to go into. Um, and it was way too expensive to switch majors to something like art, uh, more visual arts. Um, so I just took it upon myself to just start learning. I guess it starts when I picked up the graphic novel Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. And that was my real like pivotal moment, like switch of, I was like, what am I doing? Why am I in theater? Why am I studying art? Were my parents right? Should have gone into computers. <laughs> I was like, oh no, what am I doing? Um, but then I read Saga and it was beautiful. And I was like, I could make something like this. And I think I could tell a story um, this good. Not to say uh, that I could at this point. I'm, I feel like I was, uh, I had some hubris back then, but I was like, I want to do this. So uh, right after reading it, I bought a tablet almost immediately after reading Saga and started drawing, got commissions from friends who thought I was uh, had a cute style, and then it basically gone up from there. And now in some of the articles that I read about, it wasn't, you know, I know you're giving us the abbreviated, but I wanted, if you don't mind sharing, because I get a lot of uh, the listeners tend to be over 30, and I feel like some of them are interested in pursuing this art career a little bit later in life. And like, what was that like though? Like, because um, I read in the article, like, you were working at uh, the Georgia Aquarium, right? And then there was yep. another place. And so, like, what was that like juggling that and trying to do the art and build that career? It definitely is a testament to when I told my wife and my parents 
that I wanted to go into illustration, how much they did believe in me. Um, because it did, even though I had these jobs, I worked at Georgia Aquarium for six years after that to support myself through illustration. I went to the Center for Civil and Human Rights. After that, I went to a company that makes like graphic designs for the elderly. It's that's what I very briefly, but that was like my last formal job in a cubicle. Um, but when I decided to quit that last job, uh, after only one week working that job, I I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, my mom, my mom, my dad, and my wife were all extremely supportive. They just said, I'm at the time of my life where if I needed to take that leap, this was the time to take it. Uh, and I was in, I was like 25, 26. And you do start to see younger people who are illustrating and drawing and possibly just following their dream. And those younger people scare you because they're very good. And they're just like leaping into the market and you're not seeing anyone like honestly above 22, like starting their career. Uh, so it was a huge, uh, again, leap of faith from everyone and from myself to leave that really comfy, cozy desk job. And within a few weeks, uh, I got the bright agency, uh, the dream agency I had. So that felt extremely fortunate. Um, and it felt very gratifying that like all the faith that people around you put in you um, was actually true. Like you actually could accomplish it. But at, I felt like I was still very young, especially as, as I get older. I was like 25 is still, 25, 26 is still very young to start a career. But with how we view taking our careers at such a young age at 18, I it felt like a story that means that you can essentially change your mind at any time and be successful at what you change your mind to. Awesome. I think it's true the way you phrase it. It's a leap of faith. It feels like you just jump off and it's where we land. And that is wonderful. You had that um, support from your loved ones. Um, I think that makes a huge difference. And my next question I wanted to ask you is because I found it fascinating that you have the acting background. How has that informed the work that you do as an illustrator? Because I feel like that's had some influence. It has. I think uh, we used to call it transferable skills. Uh, I think other probably uh, schools of thought call it transferable skills, but they often ask us in theater, what are the tools we learn that we can take other places? And uh, I always think about that in theater, before you walk on the stage, it's called the moment before, then you have when you perform and that the moment we're watching but when you're leaving the stage you have to have the intention for the moment after and I try to use that in my illustration for storytelling that we can predict what happened before in some way what we're seeing now in the image and what we're expecting to happen after the image so definitely like power in some sort of that's awesome because like um, I love that you have a, that theater background because they do feel as illustrators or like character actors are a little bit because you're I do and maybe I'm a bit of a dork but I'm like I literally start thinking like well this is how my character would feel at this moment or this is how they would be moving in the scene um, and I feel like it really helps to improve the uh, the final outcome for the mm -hmm. illustration yeah definitely for the final outcome it's always good to experiment uh, isolate certain characters certain backgrounds um, and then see how you could bring them together for movement. I think that's like the most I think about in storytelling is like, what is the movement here? 
either a feeling or an action. Wonderful. Well, I mean, it clearly shows in your work and I, I look at your body of work that you've done. You've done a variety of, I mean, not only the book work, which you have an extensive body of work there, but I saw on your Instagram, you know, product games, covers, I mean, like um, a wide variety of work. And I was curious, like, how did you know, like, that you wanted to do book illustration, that that was going to be a big uh, part of the work that you do. But how do you know about those other projects that you're going to take on as well? I think you don't know until it's handed to you. Uh, if this is a another note to theater, they always tell you to say yes in theater. And I've learned that I should also say no. But um, in theater, they're like, just say yes. If they ask, can you whistle? Just say yes. So often in this when the agency brings me something like say a puzzle i uh or like a the hardest book i worked on was like a paper doll cutout and i did not understand the models on how to put the illustration on the right format of the models and it was delivered to me uh kind of like i should know how and i didn't want to disappoint so you just kind of fake it until you make it it's a learning experience you might have to extend a deadline or two but I always just try to go in with as much confidence as possible, ask as much questions as possible, and uh, just a uh, good old believe in yourself and you'll eventually get to the other side. There been a favorite project that you've, like, I guess your most favorite or near or dear to your heart that you're just like, this was definitely, I was definitely the illustrator that was meant to be selected for this project. Um, I think the one that just made me felt like I made it was my first uh, Harry Potter book. It was uh, just at a time where I was getting really small projects and that felt really good. And I thought that was like, that was the pinnacle of my career and I was very happy with it. And then being told that they need a portrait artist for a Harry Potter lore book, it just felt like something I never expected to do. And it made me feel uh, the agency had really believed in me and that I wasn't just another cog in the machine that they like curated projects for myself and that meant a whole lot and that felt like when I was done and was able to show it to people it got this like big response that I think we're all looking for when we're making art definitely I saw that on your Instagram I was like oh that is such a cool project that is amazing were you a, a Harry Potter fan before I was yeah I was in the past, yes, I was a Harry Potter fan. Oh, that's awesome. With all of those projects going on and you have a personal life, you have, you know, family and things like that. Um, how do you manage that? Or do you do you have any tips for I think it's to say no to go to call back to being always told to say yes. I said yes to too many things. I at the beginning of my career, I burned myself out really quickly because I just didn't want to have people think like, oh, well, uh, she keeps saying no to these projects, so I guess we don't need to ask her anymore. So, And that was that anything anyone instilled in me. It's just something that, oh, well, theater did instill that in me. But uh, in the illustration, no one made it seem that way. I just assumed it that way. So I went way too hard, said yes to projects that I was not interested in. And I think it showed, and that is very disappointing when I see that artwork out there. And I hope it, when my wife or friends see that artwork, they're like, no, it's good. I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I despise it, but cool. <laughs> um, but that I, I 
hurt myself either like physically because I have like nerve stuff that I'm dealing with. A lot of uh, illustrators who work full time deal with uh, some sort of physical pain down from like their neck into their drawing arm. I would strain my arm a little harder than I should have. I again took projects that I wasn't passionate about and I think it was obvious in the final product that I was not uh, passionate about this whatsoever and then it affected my future artwork because I was so burned out from the previous artwork and I just had this uh, tumultuous domino effect that I had to correct at a certain point in my career and started saying no and started requesting from my agency certain projects that I knew I would succeed in so the no is a big one. Well, I really appreciate your honesty about that because I do feel like there is, like like you said, it's just kind of feel like, oh, if I say no, then uh, well, I'll never get another job. I'll be like, this will be it. This will be the one. But like, I think you're right that it's like other opportunity. If somebody asked once, someone will ask again. I think that it's just, you know, and but can you go into like your process for working on a children's book? I know this is a, a lot to cover, but like, like once you get the manuscript, like how you like, do you start with the characters first or do you just start like, I mean, I know everybody's so different, but I'm just fascinated with that and how everybody does a different approach. Yeah, I think for the most part, I've always sampled before a picture book. So essentially my audition for it. And they always ask for characters. Um, and so it does start with the character design. And from there, uh, it goes straight into the story. If they like the characters, then they're pretty much on board with everything. And uh, it's uh, kind of simpatico with everybody else about how we start a project. I thumbnail it. I send them the thumbnails. Um, I usually have... Uh, a lot of creative freedom at least that's so far i've worked on three picture books and have been given a lot of creative freedom on like what people wear what people uh work the environment they live in this most recent picture book there was no real story it was just um kind of guidance for children on like coping with bullying and uh, i was allowed to create the entire narrative on my own uh and so that felt extremely freeing to have those liberties but uh, it's, yeah, it goes linear, thumbnail, uh, sketch, cleaned up sketch, black colors, final color, and then we edit for like months. <laughs> it feels like uh, every two weeks I get an email uh, that's like, oh no, what about this? And then we edit it more until it's basically time to turn it to the printer. Currently, do you balance at one time just to give people an idea, like between all the things that you're doing? I when I'm being good to myself I'm balancing maybe three or four projects at once um if I have been uh overly accepting of projects I've been at like a max of like six to eight projects mm -hmm. just like floating around granted a lot of those would be just like uh book covers and so a book cover is just a one-off thing but it can last a while occasionally if we're doing interiors but uh it I am definitely the most comfortable with just like four projects maximum. Gotcha, gotcha. And it must be so rewarding when it's like, you might have forgotten, and then finally you get your final, you know, actual printed book. How does that feel? It feels really strange because you know what went behind it. I think that's like, I pick up the book and I'm very critical of myself. I know where I made a 
a shoe too big. I know where um, I disagreed with uh, maybe the color that went into the background or I liked what they did better and the choice I made. I was like, oh yeah, that I'm glad they changed it. So my brain is constantly just going on things that I either could have improved on it or everything that it took to get there. I wish I could let myself relax and just be like, this is awesome. It's here. And sometimes, um, actually most of the time, my wife is my cheerleader and she's the one that's like, no, this is amazing. This is awesome. Look, it's on the front of the shelf. And I'm like, I'm so glad you're here <laughs> to be excited about this because I just want to uh, analyze every bit of it. Well, there is beautiful work. And I loved on the, um, I, I believe it was on your Instagram you posted. It was the Miss Rita, everything that you're dealing with your work to get it to that point. And then, you know, but like all good things, they must come to an end because of deadlines. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But um, another thing I want to ask you is I know that you also volunteer for the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. And and you do a um, picture book breakdown um, with and things like that. And so I wanted to ask you a little bit more about what got you wanting to do that. And um, what do you guys cover in the session? Yeah. So uh, uh, there is a member named Taylor. He runs the picture book breakdown. Okay. And it inspired me to see if anyone was interested in an illustrator breakdown. And uh, it is... It's been a, a kind of a quiet small group where I just kind of pick an illustrator that has a big name in the business and we uh, look at interviews of them. We look at their body of work. We see what got them there today. And it's really cool to hear stories from artists who also were uh, started really late in their 20s or uh, 30s or 40s and that they made such a big impact on the community. Uh, but yeah, it's I like how simple it is. I like the tidy discussions of just like i like this artwork i like that artwork and then we call it a night but it's just very sweet and chill this is so much fun and um but it's just i think it's such a great idea because i would do that i'd still do that um books that i like and i'll just literally start dissecting because like it really is you go like oh i bet you did, they did this because of this or they did this because of that so yeah it's the one of the last ones we talked about was illustrator floyd cooper and I had no idea about his process. And uh, I uh, am happy to be in an environment where people are interested in this kind of thing and uh, definitely recommend looking up Floyd Cooper's process. Well, thank you so much. And I was wondering if you went back in time to your younger self when you're first starting out this um, art journey, what would you give yourself advice? I think I always fall back on, like, everything will be okay. I think that I was such a high-stress kid, and uh, I, for the longest time, had just such, like, uh, doom thoughts of, like, well, if I didn't find the right thing to do, if I didn't uh, make maybe the right friends or uh, go into the right career path or get into the right play, like, that was it. And it was always, like, that's it. And uh, I think it would have been very beneficial for me just to, like, slow down and just calm down and if I didn't get something there's always more and uh, if I were to slow down I think I would have known much faster that illustration was the path I wanted to choose and uh, I think the slowing down also goes with just how much I expected out of myself that I uh, 
and still going to be successful even if I don't reach every huge milestone I'm setting up for myself that like there's still success in between so definitely to slow down wow that's amazing to hear that from you because you're so accomplished I go like wow (laughs) you you know you set the bar really high for yourself and it's just like it's amazing because you've accomplished so much already in your career and then you shared like stuff that you were writing and illustrating I mean that is a whole nother layer that you're adding on and um and I apologize this was not originally in my original questions list but what kind of made you want to go ahead and go that route as well writing and illustrating your own I think it started with I was in my university so a huge reason why I stayed in theater and didn't just like uh white knuckle it into paying for more student debt and getting into uh illustration to study is that I was a part of a storytelling class that was like solo oral performance where you just stand up there you talk for like seven to ten minutes and you are painting the entire picture of either a folklore a piece of history or a personal narrative and it brought me so much joy to work with other people as well. You're with a group of people who are also telling their stories and it helps you build your story. And uh, it brought me to the idea when I was getting closer to illustration that I definitely want to keep these two things together. And that is still my goal and objective mainly now is I am working, I love working with other uh, people's stories. I love working in picture books. I love working with every publisher, art director. It's honestly... Uh, everyone is extremely kind in this space. And if I ever have a problem, they're always like, take your time, we'll figure it out. But this is an extremely like kind art avenue. And I haven't met a person I didn't get along with. Working with such amazing people in the industry has pushed me even harder of how much I would write my own stories in this, uh, knowing that this is such a kind environment to work in. And that once I'm able to get the right story, meet the right people, uh, which I have, which is a, a blessing and a fortune of its own. So I'm kind of uh, going downhill at this point, and that feels really good. That I have a lot of people within the agency who believe in my stories, and that's uh, very gratifying to have. And uh, yeah, it's all just in a really good place. So hopefully. Oh, no, I don't think it's any hope. It will definitely happen. I mean, you're just a powerhouse, so I think you'll just keep going and building and have this continue having an amazing career and continued success with your books and yeah I think uh, you're yeah definitely well on your way so I'm grateful that you would be on this podcast unfortunately because so big and uh, busy <laughs> you're already busy but like you know next thing you know hands and tad and you got like 14 books or whatever going on it <laughs> so uh but uh no I and I really appreciate you sharing you know your background in theater and how that's influenced your work and your honesty about some of the things that you encountered on your creative journey I mean it's it's very inspiring I think um because at the end of the day we always see on Instagram all the wonderful things that everybody posts but I I feel like you know you've put in a lot of work and effort to build your skill sets that we sometimes forget because we're so like sometimes we get so caught up I think in today's world about the outcome of where but like this person started with you know they have 24 hours in the day they were working another job and then they were they just you know took that leap of faith and and went with it so I I think it's amazing really Violet 
Oh, thank you, Nancy. I think it's an amazing story. That's why I was like, oh, after I read about you, I was like, oh, I, I definitely need to ask her. <laughs> so um, I uh, really appreciate you sharing your story. And um, oh, where can people find your work? Because I know where it is. So, I <laughs> so where can people find your um, to see it? Yeah, they can go to the Bright Agency. If you just type in Bright Agency Violet Tobacco, that'll take you right to it. And then my website is just my full name, violettobacco.com, uh, which is under construction, but it'll improve. I wanted to put more, kind of what we're talking about, more process into the website, less final product and more how we get here. Maybe uh, future projects that I'm basically pitching, writer illustrated. So it's under a big construction right now, but will be done like early next year. Wonderful. Well, I look forward to seeing it. And uh, thank you, um, Violet. And thank you, everybody, for listening to My Creative Life. Oh, and of course, I have to do the little plug. Please like, subscribe, and get further no notification for future episodes. All right. Bye.